Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. So are the Broncos actually good? Oh, they're good. They're well, definitely watch, good. I mean, hey, they've won five in a row, and they beat like four good teams in that five-game stretch. The football gods are shining upon my household this well, year like, with the Grizzlies run and the Broncos. This has just been awesome. Uh, the Grizz is uh, not as unexpected as the Broncos. The Broncos were dead in the water, man. They gave up 70 like less than two months ago, and now they've beaten what? The Chiefs, the Bills, and the Browns in the span of this five-game winning streak? Yeah, and not only that, they've shifted their identity to their defense is now good. How can you be that bad, and then now it's good, and you want to play smash mouth with Russ, and it's working out. Peyton's us- utilizing his strengths. Hey, color me surprised. But I'm en- <laughs> After the last however many years of disaster it's been, I'm enjoying this last five-game winning streak. Well, the other thing that's helping is that the Chargers are just an unmitigated disaster. So, uh, Shout the, out uh, Rain Man. How we doing? <laughs> hey, talk smack about his Padres and Chargers. <laughs> and guess what? It's the Dodgers and the Broncos that are always up top. Uh, Riley Corker <laughs> in the voice of the Grizz, our resident Broncos fan, but also the guy on the mic for the uh, play-by-play for the University of Montana for both football and men's basketball. Joining us here. On the Big Sky Breakdown. Man, it feels like forever since I actually seen you. Last time we were doing this from the press box, we were leading up to uh, version 122 of the rivalry between Montana and Montana State. And, uh, wow, what a what a unbelievable Saturday it was at Washington Grizzly Stadium. I mean, just take us through your Saturday from up here. I mean, we were – the press box was packed, so yeah. myself and Ryan Tutel were just running back and forth on the roof trying not to slip and fall. That's pretty cool, though, too. Good perspective. Oh, it was so cool. Well, most of the, more, more than anything, I just wanted to feel the atmosphere. What an unbelievable atmosphere it was. And Montana State had no chance of handling it. Again, Coulter, we've covered this rivalry so many years now. In, it's especially the last five matchups between these two. Who's ever thrown the first punch, it's game over. The other team just can't get off the mat from it. It happened yet again. I was with the you. The one anomaly was that 2016 game. Remember Justin Calhoun scored the touchdown on like the second play of the game? Yes. And then the Cats just sat on it for the whole rest of the game and, and somehow, some way came up with a win. Neither of those teams were that good, though. That was the Actually, neither of those bowl. teams were good at all no. <laughs> compared no. to the teams we watched on Saturday. At least one of them looked good on well, last Saturday. It was a different caliber of football. And I was with you. There were a lot of times during our broadcast which we just – shut up and listen to the crowd and let the crowd kind of take over because it was one of those perfect atmospheres you dream about. I mean, it only happens here once every two years and to have the buildup of the rivalry happen like that, Coulter, and then to have that result. I know we sat up here. We, everyone's asking us, what do you think is going to happen? What do you foresee? 
How much were you surprised? All of those things. Nothing surprises me when these two play anymore because it was the most stunned you can be when you're on the losing end. And then when something happens like it did last Saturday, it couldn't be any better. And it was a a culmination. I said it in my call at the end, but I really think it was a culmination of 14 years. I don't know. Frustration. Is that the right word? It was just all coming together for the Grizzlies. And this run has been really cool for a lot of reasons, but I think because it's such a surprise has made it um, such a fun ride this year that nobody expected this before the season, and especially nobody expected this mid to late September after that game that will be now uh, famed in lore, that loss to Northern Arizona that has completely flipped the script. So it's been a fun ride because of how unexpected it's been. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. You're the first person I've talked to this about, about this with, but I've been mulling this over. My brother was a redshirt freshman on the 2009 Grizz, and he talks a lot about how one thing that really um, that was a that was an impactful factor for that team was being undefeated, because. When you go through the regular season undefeated, which Bobby Houck did that several times. They did it in, in 2007 and when they lost in the first round of the playoffs to Wofford. Did it in 08. That's not true. They lost to Weber State in 08 and then ran all the way to the national championship game. Did it in 09. Went one fourteen in a row to go all the way to the Natty and lost. Being undefeated throughout the regular season has actually hindered the Grizz when they've done it. I mean, 1996 was the same way. They won all their games until the Natty and then they ran into Randy Moss and Marshall but I actually wonder if – I mean, the NAU loss was a bad loss. When, in the moment, we were certainly prisoners of the moment, but we were talking about it on this podcast. Not you and I, but myself and Ty Gregorak were talking about it on this podcast as one of the worst Big Sky losses in Montana history and probably the worst Big Sky Conference loss of Bobby Houck's tenure. All that said, could that have been sort of a blessing for this team, the fact that it was the first conference game of the year? I think it was, and it's so easy now, of course, in the last week of November, first week of December, to look back at that in hindsight and say it. But not only, Coulter, was it a blessing, I also think because of how bad the loss was, like corrections had to be made and ASAP. It was not a fun week getting ready for Idaho State around the offices and everybody knowing that that was the turning point in their season. And I do think that it has been a blessing for the Grizz and not to be undefeated, not to have the cloud and the weight of expectations. This place is incredible because of where it stands in the FCS landscape. And talking with Sam Herter this week, and I know you keep in contact with him as well, no matter where the Grizz are at, they're the most polarizing subject in the FCS from week to week. So for Montana to not have any expectations on them after that first loss and to be picked sixth in the preseason, even by the coaches, they weren't talked about among the top in this league. And I think that they have been able to work behind the scenes and focus on the things that have mattered this year rather than all of the stuff that maybe doesn't matter. And that has been so different from the last couple of seasons, particularly last season to this one. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. 
when it comes to the, the result on Saturday, then we'll start talking about the future rather than the past. What what was the, the determining factor for the Grizz? Was it just carrying the momentum? Uh, carrying the momentum and, and then also, I mean, other than punching him in the mouth, I think being able to control the line of scrimmage. We've yeah. been talking about that for years, that Montana's offensive line. And I feel that, that we've even done the roller coaster, right, where bad weeks, it's easy to pile on and say, man, they still haven't figured it out. It's year five. Sure. Then on good weeks, man, they're great. But that was Northern Colorado. That was the ultimate test. That was the ultimate for test sure. in the trenches. And if you want to compete, Coulter, not only now, but as we move in to- towards this playoff conversation, being nationally relevant, it's up front. You have to be able to hold up up front. And Montana and not only did that, they were able to absolutely part the seas in the running game, too, against a really good defense in Montana Well, they also they had Montana State's head completely spinning. There was multiple times pre-snap where the Grizz wide splits were even wider, and the way that they were using their pre-snap motions, there was no one in the middle of the field. I'm re-watching this thing. I'm like, what are the Cats doing? The Grizz had them com- completely spun, and I thought that was – uh, a testament to the, the preparation for this game. And I thought on both sides of the ball they had uh, incredible preparation and game plan. And uh, you could tell they'd been working on it a little bit. You could tell that this had been uh, a priority for Montana. Now, maybe not even from the player's perspective, but you could tell behind the scenes the coaches had a bunch of stuff because they rolled out a bunch of stuff we hadn't even seen before so far this year. And that's what makes the behind-the-scenes so fascinating when, yeah. when you know that they're keeping something in the tank. For, for sure. Game 11, when there's so much on the line, games 1 through 10, and there's a, a distinct plan that's been in place, right? And that they've had basically some sort of game plan, maybe an outline of a game plan, chicken scratch on a piece of paper, since July or August. And maybe yeah. it's been a, a slight tinkering from week yeah. to week. But absolutely, this importance. We talk about the, the importance of this game. Every single week, the coaches feel that too, whether they're going to say that in public or not. And you're right. There was a, a lot of game planning going on behind the scenes. And, and I think it's an obvious statement now, but Montana absolutely outcoached and outschemed Montana State. The other thing that's always an intangible factor in the rivalry game is the guys that are playing in their last version of it. The guys that have that you have one more shot to beat the Cats or one more shot to beat the Grizz. And... Uh, you know, a lot of times I think the team that has – it's not as rudimentary and simplified as this, but I think a lot of times the team that has the most guys that are in that situation has an upper hand. I'm not say, saying they're guaranteed to win, but they certainly have an upper hand. You look across the board for Montana State's roster, they have 11 seniors, but only four of those guys have been with the program for, for six years. Nolan Askelson, Lane Sumner, Trayton Pickering, Derek Snell. That's it. The rest of them are transfers that have come in there. And, uh, you know, even though it's their last time against the Grizz, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything to them. It definitely means a ton to them. But you could tell that it meant the world to guys like Braxton Hill and Levi Janicaro and Garrett Graves and Nash Bouch and, you know, just all Tyler that. Flink, Tyler Flink, Alex Gunner, all these guys. So, I don't know. I just, I just I felt so happy for those guys just to be able to go out on top and, and uh, you know, say, hey, in their time doing it, they're even. They're even in the rivalry. And for something, too, when we talk about streaks, right, five of the last six for the Cats before, now you can start swinging the pendulum the other way, two of the last three to the Grizz, two of them dominating fashion. It's crazy how it all works out that way, but I'm glad that you mentioned the seniors because when all of this has been coming together, I think the coaching staff deserves so much praise, and I feel that absolutely that the, the scheme changes they made and the personnel and the depth that they have, all of that deserves credit. But this senior class for bringing everybody together, I'm so happy for them because this is a group that – 
had to deal with COVID, obviously, right? Five or For six sure. years that, that they were together. And the weight of those expectations, 2019, 2021, and then it all felt like it was building up to 2022, yes. comes crashing down to a halt, right? And then all of a sudden you're picked sixth, and then you lose to NAU. Think of that downward trajectory sure. all the way from the beginning of 2022 to post-game of Northern Arizona. That's a steep fall. And for those seniors to get it back up and now to put the Grizz on top of a mountain like they haven't been in 14 years, that's a credit to what they've done. And the, the heartbeat of that team, I always feel that those linebackers, I think it was really cool. They all got to start on their senior day at home against the Cats. But you're right. I, I think that emotional factor and that emotional lift and a byproduct of this team that the sum is better than the individual parts. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. Okay, real last thing about the rivalry game. I mean, we can talk about does, it as long as you does, want. Don't uh, worry. Does does this this version of Montana State does it harken parallels to last year's Grizz team? Yes, they they got they got sort of hoodwinked against Idaho. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to demean Idaho. They're the fourth seed in the playoffs, but when Idaho came in here in 2022. They had a definitive game plan. All they were going to do was play keep away. They're going to onside kick to start the second half, and they're going to figure out a way to squeeze out a win. That's exactly what they didn't do the onside kick thing to Montana State, but they had the ball for 42 minutes, so they didn't let the Cats do anything, and they stole a victory, and that's the number one reason why they're the four seed. And uh, then, you know, then the rivalry, one side rolls, the other side looks like they're having a meltdown, and it brings all these warts to the surface so quickly. Well, everything's exposed in this game, and I, I do. I draw a lot of parallels to what the Grizz team was last year to Montana State from the very beginning, from back in July, right? You're picked to win the league, and then the schedule. The schedule was nearly identical That's to what true. the Grizz had to go through last year. True. Adversity. You get hit in the mouth. Sac State and Idaho, you could compare Sac State for the Grizz in 2022 with the blown call, yep. Lucas Johnson going out, all of that to kind of what happened with Montana State and Idaho. Boy, yep. circumstantial, right? Sure. Cats have dealt with injuries as they've maybe lost a little momentum, much like the Grizz did at the quarterback position. Then the rivalry matchup. Now all of a sudden you've got a pretty tough draw in the playoffs too. So I do. I draw a lot of parallels. And, again, this state is awesome. It's great. And it's where Montana and Montana State fit now in the FCS landscape, it's basically national championship expectations or bust, which I feel maybe as we talk about alignment might be the, the greatest benefit of that is not only it's, okay, Montana or Montana State wants to win the big sky. It's, no, if you're t on top of the big sky, you're going to compete for the national well, championship right. now. And I feel that because that that's the bar and Montana State just hasn't been able to live up to it, that, yes, a lot of similarities to last year, but it's the, the weight of expectations that's been created. Well, when you talk about the, the hierarchy of power, you watch the first round of the FCS playoffs, now we're into the second round. You look at the 16 teams, you got four from the Big Sky, you got four from the Colonial Athletic Association, you got five from the Missouri Valley. So that's 13 of the 16 teams are from three leagues. And three from the SOCON. That's, that's right. It. So the other, it's four conferences that's for it. 16 Everybody teams. Everybody else, you get out of here. I, I, hey, I, I think that it's neat that there's this league that – doesn't have scholarships that offers, you know, a, a Division One quote-unquote opportunity for young men to play football 
from coast to coast. The Pioneer League has teams in California and Florida New and York. Indianapolis and New York. Good for you guys. That sh- that league should not get an auto bid. No, they should not get an auto bid, man. You can't. You can't go lose. I mean, Brent Vegan said it. Brent Vegan is a very understated guy, <laughs> and he said it in his press conference today. He said, "Well, the the prep this week was all about North Dakota State because we knew that they were going to win." You would never, you would never say that as a coach, except for that you would when it's a forty-five point spread and Drake doesn't even come close to covering. They lost by sixty-three. That was not even close. It was not even close. What a disaster! And I'm with you on that. And the Northeast Conference. I mean, there's eight teams in that league. Nobody had more than seven wins. It's just when you compare it to the Big Sky, UC Davis is sitting there going, "Hello, hello." Hello. We just beat Sac State, who went on the road and beat North Dakota. And I know, and I. I get it. With the FCS, they want to spread the wealth and everyone being involved. There's no question where the best football is being played. So guess what? It's okay if half of the field is from the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley. It's okay. It is, except for that we just need to have a new division of football. This is a conversation (laughs) for a different day. But the St. Francis's and Duquesne's of the world, the Merrimacks, that's not the same thing. All of the teams in the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley are better than those teams. And this is not to knock Duquesne, but I was there last year, right? And this is a perfect example of just the parallels. How much people care about football in the state of Montana, number one, the Big Sky Conference, number two. Duquesne has a a nice field that looks like a practice field that's their stadium. It's in the middle of campus. Like There's a mall road right there. Everyone's walking to class. (laughs) Their football stadium is just right there. If you shank a punt, it's going out on the mall. Okay, so I mean, there's a bit of a difference of football. It's huge, and you're right. They're they're so big. It's such a big gap. The tiers of FCS football. I mean, it certainly is. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. But one school that made an announcement today: Delaware moving up to Conference USA. But that's not for two years. First, in the immediate future, they have to come. To Missoula. First of all, did you watch the Delaware Lafayette game? I did. did that circus of a game. What is it? Eight what turnovers. Eleven hundred yards. I mean, so have you got your pronunciation guide going yet? I do. Nick I do. Minicucci, is that right? Minicucci. 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 Okay. So yep. here's where we're at with Delaware. Delaware uh, was in the top five in what late October. Yeah. I mean, they were like fifth or sixth in the polls. Yep. Final uh, week of October. They, they, they had like a five or six game winning. streak. they lost to Penn state because of course they did in their second game of the year. And then they had like a five or six game winning streak. Then they stubbed their toe against Elon, won a couple more in a row, but then they got blown out against Villanova. When I first saw that Villanova score, I was like, man, how did Delaware no show in that game? That's a rivalry game. It was, you know, four at home, you know, that was basically four, a, a seed Villanova got the eight seed by winning that game. And like you said, it was it was at home. I mean, it was a near sellout. Delaware Stadium holds almost eighteen. I think eighteen five is what they hold there. I mean, they they draw better than pretty much everybody that's not in the you know Montana or the Dakotas in the whole FCS. So I was like, what's going on? Well, then I did a little more research. Their top two quarterbacks got knocked out. I was like, why are they playing a true freshman that's never played before in the playoffs? Oh, it's because the other two guys got hurt, and. Uh, Minicucci was terrible against Villanova. He threw for like 50-something yards, threw three picks. But then he was like – and he was like up and down early against Lafayette, but then he kind of figured it out. I don't know. What did you think of just the back and forth of that game? Yeah, it was wild, first off, because I was starting to do my research on Lafayette in the second half. No kidding. I mean, what what was it, 31-7 to 7 or something? Whatever point it was, starting to think, wow, this is going to be a massive upset. And Delaware came in, and there, there's two types of teams that enter the playoffs, Coulter. Teams that are on the rise, that are playing their best, 
that aren't banged up. Well, that's Montana and a, and a slew of others that are still playing. Albany would probably be one of those teams. Yeah. And then there's teams that limp in the playoffs. And Delaware is certainly one of those. I mean, I looked at their team all year and as an FCS, as a responsible FCS voter, was following the CAA and was just looking for somebody to emerge. And nobody really would. That You had D- Delaware, U Albany, Villanova. Those were always the, the top three the league is so big this year. There's, I think, 15 teams that are in it in the CAA. Yeah, to I mean, me, there, it, there was an opportunity for – there was a couple teams that had schedules where they could have gone 7-1 or 8-0 in the league without playing all of the other good teams. Which is ridiculous. And that's why I think Delaware – and this is not to discredit them at all. There's not one marquee win that they had. They that's beat, right. They beat New Hampshire who ended up going 6-5 and five that was ranked in the top 15 at that time. Outside of that, their other eight wins are against teams that were either 500 or had a losing record. So they were a team that was always at the top, but maybe taking advantage of an advantageous schedule didn't surprise me that much that it was a close game against Lafayette. And for them to figure it out, you just look at personnel. Where is Delaware stronger? Well, they're stronger up front. Right, the, yep, the front yep. seven that they've got and the scheme that they play, three down linemen on the defense. Their O line is bigger. They're they're veteran at least in that spot to where Montana would have a stark advantage over Lafayette in that regard. But yeah, the skill position players, my goodness. I mean, Delaware, there's a very good chance, Culture, that they're coming in here on Saturday night. Third string quarterback and third string running back. Their best running back, Marcus Yarns, yeah. has been banged up here he in November. Yep. Eight hundred and seventy one yards, fifteen touchdowns. He is their guy. They've got two talented receivers, but I don't know. Third string quarterback, third string running back. It looked like that. A big difference, though. I don't want to just say it's for dead, but this point, by this point, but Ryan O'Connor could come back this week. He, yeah. he was their starter most of the year. It would be a much different outlook on this game with O'Connor in a quarterback compared to Minicucci making his first career road start. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. This is sort of a, a simplified way of saying it, but the the thing I've always noticed when you get these crossover matchups is when you used to get the Southland, like when the Southland Conference was in its prime, they would always have a speed advantage over the Big Sky and, and the Missouri Valley, but maybe a size disadvantage. The CAA, those teams seem to always be on par size-wise, but they have a speed disadvantage. That's kind of what I saw when I watched Delaware was their offensive line's big. I mean, they have they have a big – I mean, both their tackles are over 300 pounds. Their tight end is a good player at number nine. Um, he, he and his twin brother are – Bros. Yeah, the bros. How, how funny is that? Their last <laughs> yeah. name is bros, and they're the tw- – yeah. bros, and they play right tackle yeah. and tight end right next to each yeah, other. Yeah, it's – cool. it, it, well, and, uh, you know, I'm sure the tight end's always making fun of the tackle because the tackle's about 60 pounds heavier than the tight end. He's probably making fun of him quite a bit. But either way, um, bigger on the offensive line. Yarm's a big running back. And uh, they have decent size defensively. Their linebackers are really big. That Jordan Taylor kid runs really well. and He's, he's good. He, I don't know how – or Jackson Taylor, excuse me. I don't know how he possibly was a D2 guy out of high school. This guy was the three-time Division II first-team All-American. And Westchester University, I've never even heard of this. But, I mean, the guy's 6'1", 240, and he runs incredibly well. And was just a tackling machine. I mean, he was that, that league's player of the year, I think, twice. This is his first year at Delaware. Uh, the first year in D1 is last year probably playing college football. I don't know how guys like that slip through the cracks. Anyways, 
that's what the grad transfer thing is for. That That's a great version of how this can work out for you. All that's to say, though, uh, I think the Delaware will be – will be quite mismatched on on Saturday. I think they will be too, and I think that there's certainly strengths that Delaware has, but then I, I think the biggest thing you have to look at in this kind of matchup, when you have the advantage, what's Montana's advantage here? Well, they had a week off, they got fresh, which Delaware is far from that, That's right. and they got to scheme. Yeah. So Montana gets to pick apart the weaknesses of Delaware. There's a lot of things that they are good at, but to me, I think the warts are going to be what's going to be more exposed mm-hmm. than the strength of what they have. And if that makes any sense to those listening out there, that's why I do feel that Montana will have that advantage. I, I want to know how Delaware is going to move the ball if it's Minicucci at quarterback against this Grizzly D that's allowing six points per game the last four yeah. games of the year. That's the other part about these playoff matchups too is that the Grizz are really hard to prepare for no matter what both because of just how ferocious they are defensively, but also just because of all the various different schematic stuff that they do. They're just they're very unusual, which is a tough prep. When you're in the scope of the Big Sky season, even if you're not preparing for that team, you see them on film all the time. Like all the teams that, that are, have played here or against the Grizz in recent weeks, they've seen the Grizz four, five, six times leading up to when they're actually preparing for the Grizz. Delaware hasn't looked at the Grizz till yesterday. No. You know, that's a t- it's a really, really, really tough prep. That's why that, – I mean, that that to me is what makes the playoffs so fascinating. But I, I do think that that's going to be a huge advantage for all the Big Sky teams because SAC does a whole bunch of unique stuff offensively. The Cats are completely unique offensively. I know they didn't look like it last time they were in Missoula, but when they get rolling, they can absolutely make your head spin. It's really tough to prepare for all that in short week, especially if you just played the, the previous week for a different opponent. Well, and when you put everything into it, just, just let's go back. Let's put ourselves in, in Delaware's mindset the last two weeks. You're getting ready for a rivalry game, a conference championship game, a first-round bye, and a seed, and you're relatively healthy. And in that span, you have both your quarterbacks go down in the first half. You get yep. blasted by your yep. rival. You, you back, at home. You back at home by 28. You backdoor in the playoffs. You beat a, a Lafayette team you, you should have rolled. You barely come back to beat him. You expend all that emotional energy. You're banged up coming over here, flying 3,000 miles across the country. Oh, by the way, you're playing at night. Oh, by the way, you're playing at the toughest FCS venue. Let's just say the deck, the deck is stacked against them. That's why they played the games, though. But that's a lot of varying factors, Coulter, that – that favor Montana coming in here on Saturday. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz here on the Big Sam Breakdown, presented in part by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, how about the other uh, FCS playoff games, especially the ones involving the Big Sky team? Sac State, uh, a nice win at North Dakota. Um, <laughs> hilarious that Andy Thompson has as many playoff wins as Troy Taylor That is already, crazy. Right? I mean, for all the success Sac State had, everyone kind of, I don't know if they forgot, but everyone – they didn't win in the playoffs. They never won in the playoffs. It's always fun when Sac State's in the playoffs. So, man, back and forth, back and forth like it has been for the last four playoff games that they've played in. That's a good win at Grand Forks. Uh, UND's okay. They're fine. But this is a tough place to play. And, and, you know, coming off a rivalry loss like Sac State was to get back on the horse and, and win there, that's a good one. I'm very intrigued by this South Dakota matchup because South Dakota got the three seed, but so much of it was just on the heels of winning in Fargo. They won 24-19 at North Dakota State. 
that's pretty much the delineating factor to why the Coyotes got the, the three. Without a question, in the last-second field goal to beat Youngstown State, if they right. lose that game, the whole narrative of their season's different. And I, I look at it through both lenses, right? For South Dakota, I feel that they're the, the most disrespected number three team ever. For like, sure. No one's giving them a fighting chance, even against the winner of whoever comes out of the, the battle in Bozeman between NDSU and Montana State. Yeah, everybody's say, saying if South Dakota can maybe get by Sac State, there's no way they're going to get past either like Montana the, State or, or North Dakota State. They're at home, right? It's, I mean, It's interesting. Yeah, they're, they're at home. And the Dakota Dome, I mean, that's good. it's a good venue oh, for sure. Well, and it's tough to, to go in there and win. And, and, it's a tough place to get to. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it, it's brutal. So at the same time, I see that South Dakota is being disrespected. I also see why people are kind of saying, okay, are they a legitimate contender? It's really good defense. I think what, what's yeah. cool about uh, the FCS this year, the top four defenses in the country are the teams with the top four records, the top three seeds, and then Florida A&M, who's also 10-1. Yeah, sure. and one. So it goes to show you the defense is the way to go about it. That's a fascinating matchup. Here's an upset alert that nobody's talking about. And it's gonna. It's over in Moscow this week. I think Southern Illinois. Southern is good. They match up really well, and I think that that could be an interesting game, late night contest. So that might be my upset alert type game. I think this might be the most competitive second round we've had in the FCS playoffs in a while. Still, you have normally four to five blowouts and maybe one to two close games. Coulter, looking at some of the early numbers, five of the eight games have a point spread of a touchdown or fewer. Only three games are, are not, which the three you probably expect. So I'm excited, obviously, to see what happens in Bozeman. That's clearly, to me, the matchup yep. of the second round. Um, the, the so What a draw for the Cats. What a draw. I mean. So as bad of a draw as you I, can get. I think. North Dakota State's number seven in the country. They didn't get a seed this year. But they're, I mean, I mean, everybody's talking about NDSU's down or whatever. I know they were only playing Drake, but I watched them. Well, they're, here, they, they're down compared to, like, the 2019 team, which is the best FCS team I've ever seen. Without a question. And <laughs> they're well, not that down, well, though. Tell me this. If they're number nine, because I think everyone agrees they're the best team that's non-seeded. Yeah, right. How many seeded teams would you take over North Dakota State? You'd still take NDSU over most of the seeded teams. Well, that's right. No doubt. I mean, they're probably number three, number four in the country well, still. I mean, it, still goes, it still goes down to the thing that I've been saying all year long, and that's that there's only actually like four or five teams that can actually win the national championship. It's the Montana schools and the Dakota schools. Boom. That's it. And guess what? You're, st you're probably still right <laughs> with, with all of it being said. Yep, yep. I mean, South Dakota might be the only team in there that might have an argument, but does anyone think they can go win the Natty? Right. I don't know. I think the other four teams, it wouldn't surprise people – too much. Cats got on a roll. NDSU did their thing. Yep. Or if the Grizz and South Dakota State continue on their run. Those four, I don't think would surprise people too much. Anything outside of that, big time gap. All right, Corgan Voice of the Grizz joins us once a week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks for being here, man. This is fun. Absolutely. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. Town 